Welcome to the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast, a podcast created to inform patients, families, and caregivers about important health transformation topics. Since the 2001 Crossing the Quality Chasm Report by the Institute of Medicine, our nation's healthcare system has recognized its need to improve quality of care by way of six important aims that make healthcare safe, efficient, effective, patient-centered, timely, and equitable. But we cannot hope to cross this chasm and achieve these aims until we make fundamental changes to the whole healthcare system. All levels of this work require dramatic improvements from the patient's experience. So this podcast is dedicated to you, the voices most underutilized resource in healthcare, our patients' voices. Welcome, and we hope you enjoy the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Natasha Washington, president and founder of ATW Health Solutions and sponsor for the Patient Partner Innovation Community. Follow the PPIC community online at atwhealth.com. Measuring the quality of healthcare is obviously important to us because it tells our health systems how they're performing, right? And when we think about the transformation that's going on in our health systems today, in terms of from what we call as health professionals from volume to value, right? That we're moving mm-hmm. from this system of just counting widgets and how many people did we see and, you know, did I have 100 people to come through my office today versus did I have 100 people that came through my office today? And what were the outcomes, right, right. of those visits, right? Did Were they right. just 100 people to touch my office or, or did I cure 100 people, right? Or did I get 100 people on the pathway towards a cure, right? Or did I get 100 right. people on a pathway towards, you know, activating them in the health? So, so it really helps us to um, understand how our systems are performing and the value of that performance. So quality measurement in healthcare is really essential. I think it's one of the baseline fundamental things that we absolutely have to do um, in order to uh, really begin to improve outcomes. And when I think about patients, I think improving outcomes is really what patients want, right? At the end of the day, patients aren't concerned with whether or not you had 300 you know, people going through your office, they're more concerned about the outcomes, right? right. Of the 300 mm-hmm. people that you touch. So can you talk to yeah. us a little bit about, um, Carol, just your thoughts about um, measurement and its importance in healthcare, right? Tell us a little bit about that and and maybe even a little bit about, you know, your role with NQF and then your role in industry in general. Well, sure. Um First of all, thank you for having me. I, I uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk with you about to- something I'm pretty passionate about as well. Um, and I guess, you know, I think the the um, the issue is that, that what I have come to learn, um, just kind of being in the right place at the right time in terms of growing up with this quality and patient safety movement is that um, that, that, in fact, care really varies, um, that healthcare actually really varies. And Probably that's in part because it's a human endeavor and, and people vary. Um, people are the ones that deliver health care in, in organizations, and they vary in, in very, a lot of different ways. So, um, 
when I think that, you know, as patients and family members and consumers, we, we have kind of traditionally assumed that, uh, that if you go into the healthcare system, uh, you know, you will, you, the, the job of the healthcare system is to improve your care and that that's happened. But what we've learned over the many years of really studying it in various ways is that, that in fact, quality does vary. Mm-hmm. And the reason that we know that now is because underneath that, um, underneath that variation is measurement, which shows us that in, you know, this hospital or even this department or even this surgeon, they, the, um, you know, their performance on, in certain areas varies substantially from another surgeon. So kind of it, it measurement kind of underlies our, it, it, it underlies the kind of ability to have the healthcare system know how well it's doing, both for internal purposes of um, getting better and, you know, trying to improve and not harm patients, um, and then externally, and that's what I'm particularly interested in as a kind of patient advocate, um, it, it helps us learn more about um, where we might, as patients and family members, choose to go um, for our care because it does, in fact, vary. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the, this is the kind of work of the National Quality Forum, which is kind of, you know, it's in some ways kind of technical and it can be kind of dry and, and, um, and kind of a bit in the weeds. But, the, you know, the, the, the use of this information is, is, you know, central to the ability to measure and report on quality. So the National Quality Forum has been around for about 20 years. It's a um, it's a nonprofit organization based in D.C. I've been on the board for about six years, so it's my last year. Um, and the work of it is really they don't actually the National Quality Forum doesn't actually develop measures. They work with um, people around the country at universities, at think tanks, at physician specialty societies. And it's people in those different entities, health systems might do it, who actually develop the measures, um, which is deciding kind of what it is that you're going to measure and how are we going to do it, what's the population, um, what's the intervention we want to measure, ultimately what goes in a numerator and what goes in a denominator. Mm-hmm. Um, so the work of measure development is actually done throughout the country in a lot of different places. And what the National Quality Forum, or NQF, does is take those measures that are submitted to the, the uh, NQF and put them through a pretty rigorous vetting process to ensure that they meet um, certain criteria about feasibility and usability and, um, and, 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 you know, are they evidence-based and so forth. And then they endorse them. Um, that's the kind of work of NQF is to endorse measures. Um, and then once those measures are endorsed, um, they're often used in lots of lots of different places, such as, in particular, um, the Medicare program and and CMS. So that's um, that's a little bit about um, uh, NQF. I, the one other thing I would say about NQF um, is that um, from its inception 20 years ago, by by its bylaws, it's required to have um, on its board of directors consumer and patient and patient advocate representatives, which 20 years ago was a pretty unique um, 
pretty unique aspect of the organization. Um, and, you know, over time, it's tried to imbue that, um, that need to in include the patient voice, not just at the board level, but uh, throughout the organization, which I think is still a bit of a work in progress, but I think the um, motivation and interest is there to do that. So, so Carol, t tell us a little bit about, and, um, and I want to um, kind of uh, go back a little bit in terms of your work um, in particular with the Informed Patient um, uh, Institute, is it, uh -huh. am, am I right? So, so um, uh, for our listeners, Carol Cronin, um, uh, that uh, heads up the Informed uh, Patient Institute and, and certainly um, well-known and, and recognized uh, nationally in industry uh, because of your advocacy work. Uh, tell us a little bit about that advocacy work that you do through uh, uh, your organization, why that's important to this conversation around measurement. Right. So what, so what um, I'm particularly interested in and have been interested in for a while is, is the, um, the reporting piece of the work to the public, the, which are kind of called report cards. Um, and so there are a variety of different types of report cards that give information about um, uh, probably the biggest two areas are nursing homes and hospitals. Um, so and the, the types of organizations or places that are reporting include um, the federal government through a variety of what they call their compare sites, so hospital compare, nursing home compare, home health compare, dialysis compare. Um, but lots of states are also providing information, comparative information about hospitals and nursing homes. Um, and for example, in, uh, Maryland has a pretty robust uh, reporting about hospitals and nursing homes. Um, there's private sector organizations that provide this information, um, nonprofits, foundations. So there's, there's pro I have a database of probably about a thousand different report cards that are put out um, by a variety of organizations in a variety of areas. Um, so that's, that's the, um, so kind of the, the actual reporting of this information to the public is, is kind of one of my areas of passion. And so when we talk about the whole, you know, need to develop measures, the importance of measures in terms of uh, being able to uh, measure quality and performance, uh, uh, you know, within um, industry, how does the voice of the patient actually influence that? Like what, you know, to the, to the average, you know, uh, uh, patient, you know, it's enough just to ask me to, you know, go to my doctor's visits and to, I, you know, kind of, you know, remain abreast of, 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 you know, what are all the, the things that I need to be aware of as it relates to my condition. Now you're asking me to, you know, get involved in this quality improvement work, like help me, understand or describe to our audience that work and and the importance of the work right the right. importance of having the voice uh, of the patient I, th I think there's you know just many different dimensions of that I think um, you know increasingly the 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 people the professionals that are developing measures in those universities and physicians specialty societies and think tanks and so forth are understanding that if, in fact, you want to make this information ultimately relevant to regular people who, as you said, are very busy and don't have a lot of attention to this topic, you're, you're going to have to make it relevant. 
Mm-hmm. And so if you want to know what what's relevant to patients and families, you have to include them very early in the process, not just not just at the end, but at the beginning of the process of developing measures, which are helping getting patients and families to sit at tables with, you know, researchers and people to know how to put numerators and denominators together. But the patients are the ones that know best what is relevant to them. What do they care about in the context of this particular um, disease or this particular procedure or whatever? So having, um, having patients at the table, you know, very early in the process and then, you know, continuing to include them all along the way. Did we get this right? Did we hear you correctly? Is this what you're talking about? So kind of involvement in, in measure development, which, you know, is that easy? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so, you know, it takes a particular type of patient or family member who's willing to put that time in because, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, we're all very busy and, and it's, um, you know, but it's a, it's a, I think if you want to have the measures relevant, you have to have patients involved at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, then there's lots of other places um, around this whole, you know, this whole field where patient voices are important. Um, you know, once you get to the point of actually developing the measures, then how is it that you, how is it that you convey the results of the measure to patients and families? And, and again, including patient reaction and patient um, input into that, like the whole the whole decision about should you use stars um, as you convey the information, should you rank order it, should you uh, what types of words should you use? So the the actual conveying of the results is in plain English and understandable, and and you know at a glance you can understand who's better than someone else. Um, and then then there's the whole you know, the whole set of activities that are a little bit, you know, a little bit more removed from measurement, but are the whole um, involvement of patients and families in, you know, quality and patient safety activities at hospitals, many of which are reliant on, on measurement. You know, how well are, are is the hospital or the nursing home or the health system doing in um in, in acting on the measures and actually performance. And, again, that's another place where I think it's really important uh, for patients and families to be involved is, is, in, the, you know, is, in, is in the actual operations around, um, uh, you know, performance. So yeah. there's, there's, just, there's just so many, I mean, in my mind, there's like every, every, anything to do with healthcare should have the patient's <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm going to bring Desiree into this conversation because, yeah. you know, I, I, I've served on some technical expert panels, but, you know, if you mm-hmm. really want to get the down and dirty, you know, asking somebody <laughs> like Desiree is probably, you know, uh, is probably the way to go because, you know, Desiree, yeah. I, I know that you've served on so many different councils and technical yes. expert panels and all that stuff. Yes. I, I'm just curious to know your response to, you know, uh, Carol's point about yeah. it being endless, you know, from a patient's yeah, perspective. It, absolutely. And, you know, and, and I'll just kind of take a step back and say, when I started, when, when it was first introduced to me, because I consider myself a pretty savvy patient advocate mm-hmm. and hadn't really gotten to the whole space of, of quality measurement. And so when it was presented to me, I'll be 
fully transparent. I was extremely intimidated. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know the language. And so I had to quickly kind of acclimate myself with what exactly am I doing here? But then once I was bit by the bug and saw the fact that, wow, my input is really making a difference, not just for me and my care, but all of the Americans around the country. Mm-hmm, and right. so for for, they, for then, I think it, it's, it's a, a space where we need to really educate the community as to exactly what is quality measurement work. You know, I think a lot of patients want to be involved and would like to give their input, but they have no idea exactly what that entails. And that, yes, it may be intimidating in that first conversation, but once you get started with it, you know, it, it, it kind of starts to flow and you start meeting other like-minded patient advocates. And then we put our minds together with our thought leaders and our providers and our policymakers and really come up with something robust. And so I think we have a responsibility, not just patient advocates, but our leaders in this field to really educate the community, to bring in especially more diversity. Because unfortunately, a lot of times when I'm on techno expert panels or in this work, most of the people that are at the table with me do not look like me. I'm often the only minority. And so we need to really think about health equity in this space and how do we reach those those communities that are underserved to rope them into this work? Because how can we make measurements about them without them? Yeah, I know right. that sounds very cliche. No, yeah. no, it's no, it, it's, it's fun. It's it's really fundamental, uh, 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 Desiree. And and here here's what I've learned. Um, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Right. And, and, and so how could I ever expect, you know, for an individual to really understand the lens that I see life through. Right. And, uh, uh, because they've never had those experiences. And when it comes to healthcare, you're right. Setting, um, environment, those things do factor in and play into outcomes. And so um, what we learn is, is that all of these things are important, which is the reason why diversity uh, uh, certainly is, is um, you know, something that we definitely need to uh, promote more. Carol, what are your thoughts when you think about, uh, you know, if there's any, you know, one thing or um, if there's any, uh, you know, a uh, particular uh, thought or note that a piece of advice that you would give to a patient um, that might be feeling intimidated about engaging in this work. So Desiree says she got bit by the bug, but how do we even get, to, <laughs> how, how do we even get patients to the table? Right. Um, so that, you know, so that they get bit by the bug, like what, how would you, what, what, what are your thoughts about encouraging um, what do you do to encourage, you know, patients through your network? Well, it's a it's a tough it's a tough issue because it is, as, as Desiree said, it's not a, um, you know, it's not a particularly welcoming environment. There's generally a lot of acronyms that are thrown around. There's a lot of kind of inside knowledge, and um, you know, it's uh, the culture of healthcare is not particularly open in in particularly in the types of conversations we're talking about. So I, I completely acknowledge, and, and, you know, I have been doing this for um, a pretty long time professionally, and I have to tell you, I'm intimidated. I mean, I, I am, um, there's a particular group that I'm involved in, and I'm the only patient, and I'm with 30 other highly um, 
you know, highly educated people who do quality and patient safety every single day, every hour. And, you know, I'm come in. So I, I completely get it. Um, I, I think it's even for those of us who've been doing this for a long time. So I guess what I, uh, you know, what, what has motivated me um, in some of this work um, is just an, uh, is to think about um, the experiences that I've had and the experiences of others that I've worked, had the privilege to work with who have been harmed by the system mm-hmm. um, and who are so passionate about making it better um, and ensuring that, um, you know, the types of things that have happened to them will never happen to anyone else to the extent that it's possible. Um, so that, you know, just kind of channeling a passion for making the system better. Um, I think, you know, as Desiree said, it, it is, I, I think people need to be realistic. Patients and families who are coming to this new need to be realistic that it will take a little bit of orientation, mm-hmm. which ideally the organization inviting you will give you, but I wouldn't assume it. Um, but it will take some, you know, exposure and some homework probably just to be um, somewhat familiar with the ideas. Um, it will require you to speak up, which, again, can be intimidating. And I don't know, the way I've often started being in these um, meetings is to just ask questions and to try and, and just say, you know, can you just explain that? You know, can you, uh, can, I, I will ask, what does, what does that acronym mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and not be intimidated. So, you know, the ability to ask questions and, um, and then, you know, I've generally found that, you know, once you get a little bit oriented, once you do some orientation yourself, you, you sit in some of these meetings, you start to become familiar with the lingo. There's usually allies mm-hmm. um, that are within the, within the health professional community. There's, there's definitely, a, I've generally found there's patient allies, and those are the folks that can kind of help um, help kind of manage, <laughs> manage, manage, ease your way in. Yeah. Um, and then as Desiree also said, there's also, you know, if you have the ability in these situations to be with more than one patient or family member, which is what I would argue that, you know, having more than one, having several, mm-hmm. um, that can be very empowering to, to be able to, um, um, to be able to have all other patient and family allies. Uh, within your group, and then I guess the last thought would would be um, to to give the sponsoring organization feedback um, mm. as the patient. So if you know, and I've done this, you know, if in fact um, it feels like you are not, uh, you know, that that people are not, um, or you know, taking a particular view towards you as a consumer, I have no problem going and talking at least privately to the chairman of the group and saying, you know, this giving a feedback about how they could improve the process. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, so those are some thoughts, but, but I can't, you know, I don't want to sugarcoat this. It's, this is not, um, this is not easy work. Yeah, no, I, I, I certainly appreciate that. And as you were talking, I'm like, okay, I need to give some more kudos to Desiree, right? For just for just going in every day, you know, with this with this renewed mindset, right? Of mm-hmm. um Absolutely. Of of you know, how you can continue to contribute. So I'm gonna do I'm gonna do what CMS calls our requests and offers. Um uh, Carol, 
so uh, to the likes of um, uh, Dr. Paul McGann and, and Didis Wagner, you know, oftentimes uh, under under their, their leadership to Desiree's point about being bitten by the bug, you know, they're, they're some of those visionary folks um, that really continue to inspire not only myself but others. Um, in terms of the work that we're doing and, and, and always, um, encourage us to, when you feel like there's a story to be told, tell it, right. Get out there, you know, be a part of, be, be a part of the conversation, be a part of improvement, be a part of creating what the vision looks like. Right. Um, and so when it comes to requests and offers, um, you know, that's a, a term that they often uh, would use uh, in terms of kind of, I almost think of it like a quick pro quo, you know, a little bit for you, a little bit for me, but, you know, let, we're working in tandem, uh, you know, as a team. So from a request and offer standpoint, I'll say this. Um, so our uh, patient network um, has really been doing a lot lately um, uh, to promote social media as a uh, means or as a vehicle, as an avenue for staying in connection and having these types of conversations. Um, and so I want to invite you, um, uh, if you're willing to, um, work with Desiree uh, to maybe do a Facebook Live with us. So we have these Facebook Lives that um, Desiree does maybe once a week. We bring on leaders like yourself, other folks, um, just to make the conversation something scalable um, uh-huh. across these social media platforms. Uh, and so, and so I want to invite you, you know, um, uh, to, to play a role in that and also to share, um, uh, so, so share, uh, you know, the work of our network with your network, um, to see how, you know, we might be able to collaborate down the road because certainly, um, this measures development piece there, there's work that we are actually doing right now, um, in partnership with some measures developers, um, to actually get the patient voice, um, activated in a five-year project, um, that's looking at, um, inpatient behavior health. And so, um, I'd love, um, for you to be able to, you know, share with your network, uh, and, and see, you know, who might be willing, uh, to, to, you know, be at the table and be a part of the conversation. So, um, you know, just kind of, uh, consider, consider those, uh, things. And then my, my offer, um, you know, to you would be, also our, um, network and just the way in which we like to, uh, disseminate information. Because what I found in working in this space is that the sharing of information was also very siloed and very fragmented. So similar to what you described about getting, you know, coming into the healthcare environment, like, you know, when we're talking to consumers, oftentimes we're talking to them, you know, within the parameters of what, industry says or what industry say we, you know we need to be having these conversations when indeed you know we're talking to everyday people we need to be connecting with everyday people whether it's in churches you know at the community centers you know in conversation at the grocery store or even like this being able to download you know our our podcast on on uh, iTunes or Spotify or others so we just want to meet people where they are 
And, uh-huh. uh, and so we invite you that if there's ever a conversation that you want to have, whatever information that you might have, certainly we'd love for you to, you know, use our platforms to be able, um, uh, to, to really, um, broadcast and, and promote and disseminate that because that's the only way we're going to make this conversation more robust. That's the only way right. we're going to mm-hmm. get it out there to the people is to, is to meet people where they are. So, let me totally agree. Um, I look forward to learning more about that. Absolutely. So, awesome. so t- tell me this before we close. Tell us a little bit specific. I know if I went online, I know that there's a little bit where I can pull down information about who's in my state, you know, providers in my state. It does some, some, you know, helps me kind of sort through, you know, who has quality concerns, who doesn't. Can you give me like a five minute? you know, commercial on exactly what your institute does and how sure, that helps sure, people. Sure, sure. So, um, Important Patient Institute, we're, we have, um, we have a database of report cards and in what we've done in the Important Patient Institute website, importantpatientinstitute.org is to evaluate the report cards. We actually grade them. Nice. So we'll tell you which report cards, um, we think are better than others and why. So we have kind of pros and cons. And this is uh, doc- report cards about doctors, report cards about hospitals, and report cards about nursing homes. Um, so you, you, know, you can pull down your state and say, I want to look at um, hospital report cards in California, and you'll get a list of them rated A through F. Um, so that's one thing we do. And then the other two things we do are um, we've, we try to help people who have a concern about quality. So, you know, something happens to them in a hospital or a doctor's office or a nursing home and the light bulb goes off in their head and they, they think, Oh, you know, I think this, this is what I've been reading about. This is what I've been hearing about a, a medical error, a quality problem, uh, adverse event, you know, these are all words that are not necessarily the regular person would know, but they know something's not right, right. Um, something clinically quality problem. So the question is, what do you do if that happens? And so we've done a series um, in about six states so far with more coming um, to help answer the question, what, what should you do if you have a concern about quality? What should you do first? You know, what should you do if you're still in the nursing home or in a hospital, so kind of within the hospital, if that doesn't work, or if you feel the need to go outside the hospital because you feel like it's uh, such an important issue that, you know, somebody else needs to know about it, uh, where you go in terms of a, a state medical board or a state department of health or the joint commission or a um, quality improvement organization, which is a CMS program, um, and then, you know, gives a series of resources. So there's kind of what do you do if you have a concern about quality? Um, and then the other thing we do, which is not as visible on the website, but um, we're involved in a lot of policy discussions about, um, you know, how to, how to make safe healthcare safer and improve quality. So I have a particular interest um, in physician oversight. Um, I'm pretty, um, there's a, uh, unfortunately, a, a small number of physicians in the country, but even a small number of physicians has a lot of reach in terms of harming patients who are really um, kind of egregious mm-hmm. um, and 
uh, they, the oversight of those physicians are state medical boards. And so I'm working with a national group of patient advocates to um, kind of monitor state medical boards and make sure that they're, in fact, protecting the public. Um, so actually, a lot of the work I do right now is, is, um, is focused on um, making healthcare safe from kind of um, consistently poorly performing organizations or um, uh, physicians that are really harming people. And I'm talking about kind of sexual misconduct or impaired physicians and things like that. Mm. So, um, so actually, a lot of my policy work lately, working nationally, has been around some of those issues, which isn't as apparent on the website, but I... Mm-hmm have a lot of passion about that. Well, I want to thank you for yeah. your um, contribution to the field and thank you for the work that you're doing with the Informed Patient well, Institute. thank you, Natasha yeah. and Desiree. <laughs> this is this is awesome because we need more. It is. We, we really need more um, individuals like you that have that vision mm-hmm. of really distilling this down for the everyday average person. And, mm-hmm. uh, and what I can commit to is certainly being a part of directing more people to your site, um, Carol, because I, you know, as you were talking, I was just thinking of, you know, folks that I've been in conversation with and say, you know, you know, I was having a problem with, you know, this particular nursing home, or I'm thinking about this particular hospital. And so, you know, really what mm-hmm. you've done is created a mechanism to help people in their decision making. So I just want to thank you for what you have done. Oh, well, thank you. And, yes, and absolutely. Forward to continue contributions. So thank you yeah. ladies for our conversation on tonight. Certainly um, I have thank enjoyed you. having it. Carol, this is one of uh, a mini series that we're going to do on, on measurement because we really want get, to get folks to really understand that. And so be certain to follow us, uh, uh, be certain to follow uh, PPIC, be certain to uh, pull down or subscribe to um, our, our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever other option that you might have um, that's readily available. So thank you again for joining us and, and have you. a great evening. Thank you. Follow the PPIC community online at atwhealth.com.